Okay, let's get into Parshas Dvarim. Tavshinai and Dalid. Get into the final, final sefer of the Chumash. The next time we say Chazak, Chazak, Bad Hashem will be Simchas Torah, but we have a lot to go before then, and of course the Shabbos is Shabbos Chazon. The Shabbos, based on the name given, based on the first word in the Haftorah, Chazon Yishayo, uh, but there's a lot of depth to it besides the fact that it happens to be the first word of the Haftorah. Rav Yeshua, Rav Shur in Halakach Valibuv, G'day Shur son, Rav Avram Shur, writes, Yadua, Ki Shabbos Chazon, Amrut Sadikim, Ki Hu Shabbos Gadol Ma'od. The Sadikim say that Shabbos Chazon is, is, is a tremendous, tremendous Shabbos, a lot of potential that the Shabbos has. Though it seems lowly, though it seems sad, though it seems serious, which it is serious, but there is so much potential embedded in this Shabbos. And there's even, if we could appreciate it, there's a depth to this Shabbos that we can't get maybe any on any other Shabbos of the year. And that's what's hinted, Shabbos Chazon, the ability to see. Chazon, Yeshayo had a vision. But we, if we appreciate it, we also could have a vision. As the, as the Svarim say, he quotes from the Tefer Shlomo, Rav Lecha, Sheves be'emek habacha ki ha'shabasos ha'elu shem bi'emek ha'mitzarim heim rav ma'od rav lecha right it, it, it could be great these shabasim in in between the day of Shabbos of Atamas and the day of Tishabav. Ubim Yucha Shabbos Eshel Shabbos Chazon, Farbi Tamim Nemru Bazet. The question is, Esther Bavim, I'm sure, what is it about the Shabbos? What can we appreciate? What can we try to focus on? Which, if we can be successful, we can then gain an insight into the the Shabbos itself. Amru Chazal Basov Meseches Tainus. I'm in the second paragraph. Chazal tell us in the last daf of Meseches Tainus. Call Misabel Al Yerushalayim Zochev Veroah B'Simchasa. Anyone who mourns for Yerushalayim Zochev Veroah B'Simchasa merits and sees. It's Simcha. It's happiness. And the question is asked by many of the Mefarshim, the Chassam Sofer, and others. The Gemara is not meduyak. The Gemara should be in future tense. If I mourn Yerushalayim, I will merit and I will see. If I really mourn it, then I will see. But it doesn't say that in the Gemara. The Gemara says, not So why is it present tense? I don't see it right now. I'm mourning. I'm sad. I'm crying. I don't see any gula right now. I don't see any greatness right now. Yizkeviyira doesn't say that. V'yamdo amafarshim alashin zochevero bahove v'lo yizkeviyira. Why? So he quotes line fourteen. Ki b'shabes adam pater milis abel achorben abayis. We know there's no avelus publicly, at least on Shabbos. Even if somebody's sitting shiva, there's no avelus b'farasi on Shabbos. And avel goes to shul. Rather than avel changes his clothes, doesn't wear his ripped shirt. There's no public availus on Shabbos. There's neither personal availus on Shabbos, as we just described, or public availus on Shabbos, national availus on Shabbos. We don't mourn on Shabbos. Tishma falls out on Shabbos, we push it off. It's not like Yom Kippur, which we have on Shabbos. No, we push it off. Availus cannot coexist. Even Avelos on the base of Migdash cannot go as this with Shabbos. Why? Why not the base of Migdash? Why nineteen? Ki Iker Malas base of Migdash, who Shina Shora be Israel. Because the goal, the ultimate recognition of Akadish Baruch Hu that we can have is in the base of Migdash, which we don't have. We don't appreciate it. But what's the root of the base of Migdash? Feeling close to Akadish Baruch Hu. Feeling close and recognizing that we're with the Shechina. That's what we lack when we don't have a base on Migdash. But that's what we have every Shabbos of the year. Shabbos is a substitute for that base on Migdash. Ubiyoma Shabbos gam atta bismana galus ha shor So you're right, we don't have, if we had a base on Migdash, obviously even more intense. But even without, you know what, there's no mourning for the base on Migdash on Shabbos? Because what are we mourning? The Shechina? But if we, if we recognize it, if we focus, then we could even have it on Shabbos. And even in a hinting way, the Pasik in Sefer Shmos, Ach Eshabsosai Tishmoru, Ach, but keep my Shabbos. What did Chazal learn after the word Ach? Every time it says the word Ach in the Torah, it's excluding something. Ach, but 
What is ach but keep Shabbos? What is it excluding? Shalah darshu chazal ach l'may Shabbos bimlachas hamishkan. If you're building the base hamigdash, if you're building the mishkan, you can't santoch Shabbos. You're not allowed to build the mishkan on Shabbos. That's the, that's the halachic surface understanding. But a little deeper is not that just you're not allowed to, but you don't need to. Because you have the goal of it anyway. Pirish, last line in the column. Shabbos Shabbos ain't sorech lemelechas hamishkan. You don't need the Mishkan. We don't need the base on Migdash if we properly appreciate what Shabbos is all about. And that's the Lushen of Miut. Umosif, Tainu, Ach Lashemir, Ratzalomar, Av Shebenesol, Himba Madriga Tachtona, even though we're so on such a low level, Madriga Tachtona, Avapikin, Ashkina Shori Menu. We could each connect to Akadish Baruchu on Shabbos. So that's why there's no morning on Shabbos. But now he goes one step further to help us appreciate, get to the final point of Shabbos Chazon. Says the Gemara in Shabbos Kuf Yudches, second column. If anybody properly enjoys Shabbos, Hashem will give them a reward, a nachla, a heritage without borders. If I properly am Ma'anik Shabbos, why will I properly enjoy Shabbos when I appreciate what Shabbos is all about? I appreciate what Hashem is giving me. And, and the more we go through life, we realize we can't fathom a life without Shabbos. Imagine if we didn't have Shabbos. We'd just go. There would be, wouldn't be a day during the week that we could just stop and reflect and focus and be with our family and take, take a break from the world. Imagine a life without Shabbos. We can't fathom it. And the more we go through life, the more we realize how much we need Shabbos. Says the Halekha Valibov now. Through being Ma'anig Shabbos, which is a reflection that I recognize that a Baruch Hu Shechina is in the world. What does it mean? The Lashon he picks up on. Hashem will give us a Nachla B'li Mitzarim. Where else do we know that phrase from? The Bein HaMitzarim, the three weeks. Between the borders, a Meitzar is a border. In Mitzrayim, we were stuck between borders. Meitzar is Mitzrayim. We were stuck between borders. So when, if we're properly Ma'anik Shabbos, if we properly recognize the Shechina that's available for us to be close to, then what's the reward that Hashem is going to give us? It doesn't just say we're going to get Olam Haba. What's the, what does the Gemara say? We're going to get Anachala Bli Mitzarim. Without Mitzarim, what is that alluding to? We're not going to have it three weeks. We're not going to have to be mourning for the Beis HaMikdash. Because we're going to throw out the Mitzarim if we would properly recognize Shabbos. Now we realize, what does it mean? Present tense. Zoche Veroa Dahainu. Based on how much a person recognizes that we don't have the Shechina today. We don't have it. And that's why we're mourning for, that's what we're mourning for at this time of year. But if I do that, so then I'll appreciate that. It'll lead me directly to appreciate what I do have on Shabbos. So it's present tense. I can even gain that on Shabbos. I appreciate the lack of Shechina that I have, then I'll appreciate what happens on Shabbos. So it could be even present tense. Obviously, ultimately, hopefully it'll also be Yizkevayira. We'll see the base of Megdash. But it's even Zochevaroa in the in the present tense. And so finally he says, maybe according to this, we could also understand the special quality of this Shabbos Chazon. Line 18. Now we're even more in the zone, in the mourning process, and so focused on what we lack. So maybe then Shabbos could be even more meaningful for us if we could really appreciate the depth of the day that we celebrate every seven days. And hopefully if we could do that and work on the the appreciation of what the Beis HaMikdash was, then we could appreciate what Shabbos was as well. He doesn't focus, he doesn't mention it, but this could also connect to the fact that there's no mitzvah of Alil Regal on Shabbos. Wherever you are, you can have Shabbos. Yotif has a Lila Regel. Shabbos is a certain intensity of experience 
that it's us, it's us with the Shechina a number of years ago. If you remember, we mentioned in, uh, in Aparshas Vayigash a number of years ago, the thought also from, from Rav Mshalech Avalibov, why we asked the Malachim to leave. After we invite them in, Shalom Aleichem, Baruch we say, Tzayischam Shalom, please leave. What do you want the Malachim to leave for? Malach, because it's just us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Even the Malachim can't be at our Shabbos Suda. Because it's just us and Hashem. Tzayischam L'Shalom. Thank you for accompanying me. But that's what every Shabbos is about. We don't need the Beis HaMikdash on Shabbos. And that's why, especially on this Shabbos, when we're so focused on the Shechina, and the lack thereof, hopefully we can appreciate what Shabbos is about. Okay. Now let's get into the Parsha, beginning of the Parsha, Parsha's Dvarim, Sefer Dvarim, Parsha's Dvarim. In past years, we've gone through a number of the introductions, the Hakdamos. We're not going to do that this year. The Hakdamos of Dvarim, what the purpose of Sefer Dvarim is, as it's called Mishnah Torah in, in Chazal, in the Medrash. It's a repeat of much. It is one conversation, the entire book. This book takes place, the, sh- the shortest amount of time spans the beginning of and to the end of Dvarim. Bracious is generations. Shmos, the beginning of Shmos, also goes for a good number of years. Right? Shmos starts off in Mitzrayim, and we get to the Mishkan, at least a couple of years. Then Vayikra, there's no real time, it's really, really mitzvos. But here we have, we have a, a number of years. But Dvarim, we have the dates. We have the dates, right? It's uh, five weeks uh, the entire Sefer. So, Eilat Dvar Meshadibar Moshe Al Kal Yisrael Bevar Yardain. These are the words that Moshe spoke to Am Yisrael right at the Bevar Yardain. Uh, Aaron has already died. Miriam has already died. Moshe Rabbeinu is the only one left. The only one left. Bamidbar Barava it goes through all the places that seems to descri- be describing that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to Am Yisrael. Acharas Hayom Echorev Derech Harseir Kadosh Barneya. They were. It was an eleven-day journey. But on the first day of the eleventh month, on Rosh Chodesh Shvat, on Rosh Chodesh Shvat, so Moshe died Zion Adar. It's five weeks before he died. On Rosh Chodesh Shvat, Diber Moshe El Bnei Yisrael, Kechol Asher Tiva Hashem Oso Alehem. Everything that Hashem told him to, everything that Hashem told him to say. So we start off with the first Rashi, first Rashi in the entire Sefer. It says Rashi Ela Hadvarim. Because these are words of rebuke. Rashi is telling us that every place that is mentioned here in the first Pasuk in the Sefer is not really a place. It's really an allusion to a chait that we committed in the Midbar. All the places that we angered God. That's why Moshe hinted to them. And only mention them Beremez, Mepikfod and Shal Yisrael. Because he had covered. He had covered for Am Yisrael. Covered for Am Yisrael. He didn't want to mention them explicitly. Remember, Moshe Rabbeinu was, was giving him, the, this is the last, the last speech he was giving him. And he could have berated them. And he did berate them. But not publicly. Says of Chaim Shmulevitz, source number two in the Sichas Musar. Line four. Moshe Rabbeinu Yomim Svirim Lefnei Moshe. He only has a couple of weeks. He has 35 days. Bevolo chiyeches Yisrael ha-chatam ha-yidu ha-mama forsim lakol. He's giving them tochacha and all the chatam that everybody knew about. What is he talking about here? They've been in the Midbar for 40 years. They all know why. Chet ha-maraglim and chet ha-egel and the misononim and the, and the, uh, they complained about the man and the slav and all. You read Parshish Baloscha. Every five sukkim. There's another complaint. All of them. And yet, Moshe Rabbeinu does not want to embarrass Klal Yisrael. They've been here for 40 years because of an Onesh. Moshe says, I will not embarrass them. I will give them tochacha, but I will still guard my words. Line 11. We see from here, and learn from Moshe Rabbeinu, the cover that he has for Am Yisrael. But says Rechaim Shmolevitz, let me go a little further now. We see from here not only the cover we have to have for an entire nation, but for every individual. And it doesn't matter what status they have in the nation. Even the lowliest. This time of year... This is one of the Gemaras that we can learn on Tisha B'av. We realize how great is the Kalach of Busha, of being embarrassed. 
We all know the famous Gemara. The There are a number of Gemaras that talk about the reasons for the destruction. But one of the more famous ones is Kamsa Bar Kamsa. How does the story end? Bar Kamsa is really angry and he's malshin and he tells on the rest of Amisol and he tells the Caesar that they don't want to give your carbon after he put a mum into the animal. And the Gemara says this is one of the length, one of the events that led to Churban Mayas. Why? Because Bar Kamsa was embarrassed. Because they all be- was he a Gadol Adar? Was he some famous Amora? That some famous Tana that we, that we know about? We don't know anything about him except this story. It's the only story we know about Bar Kamsa. And yet that causes Churban Abayas. One person. Because of his busha, he was a rodef. He put all of Am Yisrael's life in danger. And yet, it still matters. A bar kamsa, a nobody. And says the Chayish Valevitz, it even goes further. Not even a nobody. But what about someone who was an anti? When it comes to Busha, Vachin Matsina Babilam, in a certain sense, line eighteen. Chazal tell us, Shemiyadla Akhersha Asono Ochichoso. Right after the donkey turned around and spoke to Bilam, you know what happened to the donkey? We don't hear of him again. You know, one would think Amisar would find that donkey and and give him a good life. You know, look what you did for us. You brought such a nace. Chazal said the donkey dropped dead right after that story. He died. He may so why? This is the one that stopped Bilam, and he couldn't answer. It's not only Bilam, it's the halacha about any avarian. We know if somebody commits, a, if, there's a, if there's an animal that is a is a um, a helper in an avera, it's an aider and a better, whether it's avodah zara, an animal's bow down to, whether it's chas v'shalom, some type of mishkav with the behemoth, the animal's chayiv. Why do we put the animal to death? Why? Because we don't have people going around and say, oh, this is the animal that so-and-so did the avera with. This is a balavera. But we still care, we still care about that person. That's as far as Kavad Abriyas goes. Moshe Rabbeinu did it in the first Pasuk in the Parsha. But it doesn't only go for the entire nation, says Rav Chayin Shvalevitz. It goes for any individual, any no-name individual, and even individual that doesn't even focus on themselves properly, they're not in the great, as greatest of spiritual states. Let me turn the page for a moment. Another Gemara, which he relates this to, and then he'll get to why this is. Why is it such a focus to have such covet for each individual? He quotes the Gemara in Brachas, also a Gemara that we are familiar with at least the end of the story, if not the beginning of the story. We know the end of the story from the Seder. But the beginning of the story, we know Rabbi Gamliel embarrassed Rabbi Yoshua, and Rabbi Gamliel was removed by the people, the members of the yeshiva. They removed him from being the rosh yeshiva, and they found that they wanted to know who to appoint, who should be the new, the new chief rabbi in the yeshiva. Who should they pick? So they're thinking, who should they pick? So they said, well, maybe Rabbi Yoshua. He's a great candidate. We can't appoint Rabbi Yoshua. Why? Because he's the bala Misa. He's the one that was involved. Rabbi Gamliel embarrassed him. And if we appoint Rabbi Yeshua, what? What's the matter? He was the victim. What's wrong? He was the victim. Why can't I appoint Rabbi Yeshua as the Rosh Hashiva? Gemara says, not right. Why is it not right? What's the problem? Says the Me'iri. It will cause even more pain for Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Gamliel was 100% wrong. They deposed him. He lost his position. He embarrassed Rabbi Yeshua a number of times. And yet the Chachamim said, we can't appoint Rabbi Yeshua. We might say, oh, it serves him right, let Rabbi Yeshua be it. The answer is no, says the Me'iri. We don't have that attitude. When it comes to Kavad Abriyas, when it comes to not stepping on a, a fellow man's toes, we go above and beyond. Quotes the Me'iri, line 6. Sha'ava Bishai Rabbi Yeshua, Ro'ilios Nasi. Even he was appropriate, he was Ro'i lo minuhu. Mipnei she'tiyel Rabbi Gamliel Bazech halishus hadas yaseira. He would have too much depression out of it. And we care about that. And we care about that. We, we can't have that. And who did they learn this from? The Me'iri quotes another example. Who, got, who took out the, the burned Ketores by the story of Korach? Not Aaron Akohen, Aaron's son. 
Because if iron goes in there again, it would be too painful for the other side, even though they're, they're not such great tzaddikim. It shows the covet abrius of every fellow Jew that we have to have. So now, says Rebbe Chaim it's one final point. And that is, where does all this come from? The idea of covet abrius, the idea of, of not stepping on each other's toes, even in a situation when we think they deserve it. Says Rebbe Chaim line three now, in the next paragraph, towards the second half of the page, let me explain. We don't realize the godless of every individual. Okay, we can't fathom the Rishayim. Okay, let's, let, we don't have to work on the Rishayim right now. Let's work on the those close to us. Those those that are not muhsak to the other side. Because we don't appreciate the godless of every Jew. And the potential of every Jew. We just, we don't understand it. We don't understand it. There's an unbelievable Medrash. The Medrash tells us, he quotes it at the beginning of Parshish Kedoshim, Kedoshim to you. You might think exactly like me, the next phrase says, I am holy. My Kedusha to Hashem is greater than your Kedusha. What was the Havamina of the Medrash? What did the Medrash just say? Be holy. You might think be holy like me. No, no, no. I'm more Kadosh than you. What? If we didn't have that extra phrase, what would we have thought? We're Kadosh like Hashem? We're able to be in the same sentence as a Kadosh Baruch Hu? Says the Chayesh we don't understand this fully, but it definitely illustrates the uh, unbelievable potential of every Jew. If the Medrash wouldn't have this Havamina, we wouldn't be able to, to say it. It would be Kfira to put ourselves in the same Pasuk as Hashem, the same phrase. We don't appreciate the potential, and everybody has their own job to do in life. Chazal knew about it. They were able to create the Medrash and say, Because we could be like a Kaddish Baruch Hu. We've mentioned in the past, Rechavetz Chaim on the first page of the Avas Chesed, in the Hakdama points out that eight times in the Torah, eight times in all different formulations, we are commanded to be like Hashem. In all different ways. Eight different times. That's what he points out. Why eight? Because eight is, he doesn't say this, but eight is lamalam and ateva. Eight is beyond. Eight allows us, being like Hashem, is, that's what allows us to have this havamina. To be in the world of eight, which we know is Hanukkah and Brismila, and after seven weeks we have Shvuis. Eight is always lamalam and ateva. Seven is teva. Everything in light in the, the world, seven colors of the rainbow and seven every point in, in, in the physical world the six directions plus the midpoint that holds it together the seven the seven el- uh, aspects seven is always teva the we- days of the week and then eight is lamala being like HaKadosh Baruch who puts us in a different realm a different sphere but that's the potential of every Jew and that's why Moshe Rabbeinu even at the end of his life when he's giving Tochacha he doesn't do it doesn't do it so extremely a message for all of us as parents as teachers you know, at the, at that last moment when we think we're losing our patience, you know, we have to dig in. We have to dig in and remember this first Rashi on Sefer Dvarim. To remember in a hidden way, in a calm way, in a way that just feigns that we're excited. And the Ram talks about whatever allowed to be angry, only feigning anger. Right? That's what we have to, to remember this first Rashi in Sefer Dvarim. Okay, moving right along. Says the Medrash. Says the Medrash that there's a pasuk in Parshas Dvarim. Obviously, no coincidence that relates to Eicha. There's one time it says the word Eicha in the Torah. It's in this week's Parsha. This week's Parsha. There's a word Ayeka, but Eicha is right here. Eicha is right after Sheni. Paragal pasuk Yud Beis. Eicha Salavadi Moshe Rabbeinu recounting Jewish history as he does in the first couple of Prakim here in Sefer Dvarim. He recounts history and he's reviewing Parshas Yisro. And he's reviewing that he has a, we're not, not Pashiso yet, I'm sorry, he gets to that a little later, we'll get to that soon. But, as Hashem, but he says, Hashem will give you a bracha, there's gonna be a tremendous amount of Am Yisrael. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, 
How can I do it myself? It's such so hard to be the leader of Am Yisrael. To be Moshe Rabbeinu is not so easy. It's tough. It's a tough job to be Moshe Rabbeinu. Well, we've never we've never uh, had that opportunity. How can I do it? So he gets some helpers, which we'll talk about by the Shem soon. But that's the Eicha in the Parsha. As we know, three Eichas in Tanakh. Moshe Rabbeinu has the first Eicha. Second Eicha is in the Haftorah for Shabbos Chazon. Yeshayahu. Eicha. Beginning of source number four. He quotes the Medrash. Eicha, right? Uh, Yeshayahu says in, in the Haftorah, relating to the Churban Abayas, as we know, Yeshayahu forecast forecast what was going to happen. Eicha, he says, towards the end of the Haftorah, Eicha haisala zona kirya ne'emana. How? How could the city, the city that was so ne'eman, so loyal to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, has been like a zona, has been unfaithful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Eicha haisala zona kirya ne'emana. Melayasi mishpat sedeg yalinba v'atamaratzche. And now there's murder, now there's uh, adultery, now all the, all the Averis. Second Eicha. And finally, the Eicha we say, on Tishabav night, Eicha Yashva Vadar, look at the look at the city. The Medrash puts these three Eichas together. Says the Medrash at the beginning of source number four. Medrash. Gimel Nisnan Nu Balashan Eicha. Three prophet pro, uh, gave prophecy Balashan Eicha with that Lashan. Moshe Rosa Vishalvasam. Moshe Rabbeinu saw Am Yisrael. They were in a great state. They were about to go into Eretz Yisrael. It was Arvos Moav. All the people that were supposed to die in the Midbar had died already. And he still says Eicha. He saw them bishalvasam when they had tranquility. Omar Echa Asalavadi. Yeshayo rose on Bipachzusan. Yeshayo saw them Bishas Maisa. He saw them when they were involved in these Averis. Omar Echa Isalazona. Vyermyo Rosam and Avlusam Rimyo saw them. Benevil when there was destruction. Omar Echa Yashvavadat. What is the measures obviously putting together these three Echas? What are the three echos? What is what are we supposed to understand? Is there a common denominator between these between these three? Says the Shemana Tover by Weinberger that there is it's a progression. That's how we have to understand these three echos. It's a progression. Let's read. Vahanira Dolorak Milas Echa Hamarami's Lomasha Avra Lamad Vav Krisos says Echa is Gematria thirty six which is a reference to the 33 Averis that have a Chiyav Kares, first Mishnah Mesechas Krisus, uh, and also Chiyav Malchus parallel, Bala Hadgish, and, and uh, Karbanos, Ella, so that's not, it's not only, it doesn't stop there, Ella Dekshurim HaGimel Echaz Elazeh. The Gimel Echaz are connected to each other. Two ideas he says. Number one, the Al Yedei Mashinis Gadzlu B'Madre Gossam Abakofi Hashemayim. The Medrash says that Moshe Rabbeinu saw them b'shalva. What does that mean? He saw them, they were on a high point. But it was already, maybe it was a little too high. What the next? Pasuk. Am Yisrael weren't able to all be under Moshe's jurisdiction. No, we want some other leaders. Maybe other people could be involved. Not Dafka directly under Moshe Rabbeinu. There was already a a hint in that request. There was a hint in that behavior that they are distancing themselves to be next to Moshe Rabbeinu. Directly learn Torah from Moshe. Yes, Moshe Rabbeinu. Who wouldn't want that? So already the fact that they so easily acquiesced not to be directly with Moshe Rabbeinu that already shows something. We're we're, we're okay. We're good. We're good, we're in a good state, we're spiritually satisfied, we don't have to go so That attitude already, to be in a state of shalva and just pat ourselves on the back, so that's very dangerous. La'at, la'at, and that already was the roots. La'at, la'at, holchu, achaposchim, that type of attitude leads to the next attitude of Echai Salazona and Rahman al-Sam, the punishment of that if we don't do tshuva, from those Averos of Echa Yashva Vadat. So, first shot is that it has to do with Am Yisrael's behavior. Teaching us that we always have to have the attitude of we could always do more, we could always look ahead, and not always look at what we did, but what we could do. Like the, Medr- the beautiful Medrash of Parshish Kisisa. Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from Harsinai and his face is shining. And the Medrash says, why was his face shining? One of the opinions of the Medrash, we mentioned this years ago, one of the opinions of the Medrash is that his face was shining from the leftover ink 
that he didn't use in the Luchos. What does that mean? The leftover ink? Why wasn't he shining from like being with Hashem? What does it mean, the leftover ink? So some of the Bali Musa explained, the leftover ink is that even Moshe Rabbeinu, he already wrote his magnum opus. He wrote his major work. It was a bestseller for life. For the history of the world, there's no greater bestseller than the Bible, than the Ten Commandments. And what did Moshe Rabbeinu's face shine from? The leftover ink. What does that mean? What else could I do? What else could I write? There's still ink in my quill. Moshe wasn't focused on the luchos that he wrote. He was focused on what more could he accomplish, what more could he do. Moshe had this attitude, but maybe Am Yisrael did not have that attitude at that stage. Shot number one. Shot number two. Says the Shem Atov, Od Yesh Lomar, line 14. Tebalit Sayin, Gimel Ofanin Nisiyah Yisrael. Maybe it's alluding to another amazing element of Moshe Rabbeinu's leadership. Dahakot Tzolakim Eicha. When did Moshe recognize that there's a problem? When did Yeshayo? When did Yerbiyo? They were all the VM. We can't fathom the level they were on. But there's still a message for us. The message for leaders of Am Yisrael. Yermio was screaming and crying. Already it was late. Yeshayo hikir besakanasam. Kishayu zona. Yeshayahu saw them, but they were already sinning. You know what a great leader is? When he sees the symptoms before the disease even comes up to the surface. Moshe Rabbeinu saw the symptoms. And he already said, Eicha then. Moshe kvar hikir sakonas haderech shehizcha bedrisha sari asaras vesari meos that's the godless of a leader. The godless of a teacher, the godless of a parent. When a teacher, a parent, a leader could see underneath, just a little bit on the surface. But there's something bubbling. We see the tip of the iceberg, but there's something underneath. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was able to discern. It's discernment. It's bina. It's not just what's in front of us. And that's what it takes to be a great leader. Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest leader that we ever had. And he was great because he saw underneath that he already said Eicha when they were Bishalva, when there didn't seem to be any other problem. Okay. Moving right along. Paragala Pasuk Yud Gimel. couple of Pesukim later. Actually, the very next Pasuk. So Eicha Asalavadi. So what do we have? Havu Lachem. Anashim Chachamim Unvonim. Viduim Lashivteichem. Appoint judges. Vaasimim Barashichem. You answer, fine, and I took Rashi Shiftechem, sorry, Alafim, sorry, Meos, Dayanim, and many halachas of Choshim Mishpat are learned out from these Psukim. We know there are many laws in Choshim Mishpat for somebody to be a Dayan, it's got to get the Yadin Yadin, Smicha, but also there is an idea that a Dayan has to sometimes think out of the box. Because not every halach is Mephorosh and Shulchan Aruch, and not every halach is provable. And not every case has the answer, okay, this is the psak. Like Shlomo HaMelech with the two women. He thought out of the box, right, in that story. But there are many stories about Dayanam throughout history. And just to mention here in the Pnini Torah, he quotes two stories relating to some of the Dayanim, the great Dayanim of the, of the time. Says the Pnei Torah, Al Dayana be Israel, source number five. Leos Chachamu Nevonim Amnashiyuchu Lishpot Karoi B'Tzedek. They have to know the halacha and know be be have street smarts, so to speak, as well to know how to judge certain cases. Ubinyan Zemuva Meisel. There was a story related to Rav Yochayim Meisel. Yochayim Meisel, one of the great Gedolim. He was the Rav in Lodge for many years, and there are many amazing stories about he decided cases. How he decided cases. We mentioned one in the past, which I'll remind, remind the Tzibra of, but first let's see the new one. They came, two women came. What was the case? Right, nine days started. We all just got through, got through some, hopefully some clean laundry. So two, two women, they had clotheslines in front of their house. And they all had their whites on each of their, on the, on the clotheslines. He said, the wife through a bunch of different wires. Those are the clotheslines. What happened? Avru Ganavim. Ganavim came and took all the clothes from one of the clotheslines. And all of a sudden, what happened? 
Both women came, and both women say, well, the clothing that are left, that's my, my clothing. Your clothing was stolen, and my clothing is this clothing. And they're each arguing about it. How can you prove it? They're all the same undershirts and the same, the same everything. They didn't know what to do, so they come to Revele Ochaim. So what happened? See Revele Ochaim, Lavi, Lafan of his Begad Manasharim. So what does he say? He says, bring me the clothes. Okay, bring me the clothes. How are you gonna, what? How are you gonna know? There's no names. There's no name tags. He takes all the clothes, and he says, ladies, could you please step outside for a minute? So what does he do? They go outside. Revele Ochaim calls his own wife. And he says to his wife, could you please bring some of our own clothes, our own whites, here? She's like, okay. He brings some of the whites, he puts it in the pile. He mixes it up with the other clothing. Calls in one of the women and says to the woman, could you please tell me which of these are your clothing? First woman says a story here. I know exactly what my clothing looks like. Chazari says, you know exactly? He says, okay, choose your clothing. She chooses, she chooses, and then she says, but these three things are not mine. I know who they are, they're not mine. Interesting, he says. Okay. Go to the side, please, for a minute. Puts all the clothing back in the pile. He calls the other woman in. Says to the other one, can you please, you, you're going to recognize your clothing? She says, yes, I know exactly. To be a sign? Yes, I have to be a sign. Okay, fine, please, look at the clothing. This is mine, this is mine, this is mine. Everything's mine here! It's all mine! So Rabbi Chaim says, thank you very much, but you could please leave, because we know who the one who is telling the truth. He used his thinking out of the box to figure out figure out exactly how to find the MS and how to figure out whose it is. And another story. These are the stories for this week. Sometimes we have other Mishalim from the Dumnamagin. Now we have actual actual stories. Another story. Od Maisa. Right, you might call this like Yaakov acted with Esav. Right? Ba'arma. Arma. The uncle is there says Ba'chachmasa. A certain way of thinking. It's not tricking. Right, Rav Lechai didn't set her up, but it's setting up in order to get to the truth. And that's, what Yaakov, that's how Yaakov Avinu acted in many, uh, in many of the stories in the Torah. So another story, Pamba, I love Yehudi, Tamim, V'shavach, Zichol, Lofanav, this is what happened. But for a month ago, Lofnei Chodesh, Yomim, Ha'isi, Ma'ad, Berchov, Ha'shaliyar, I was going in the, in the town, and I found a wallet. Malay Kasa, full of money. I came home, I picked up the wallet, and I leave it in the middle of the street. Bati Lebesi, Pasakti, Sarnak, Matsazi, Bosach, Elif, I found a thousand rubles. A thousand ruble I found. Unbelievable. Wow. They had Yehosh, I'm sure. I could keep it. Lamachra Karati Biton, I read the next day in the newspaper, there was a modah that the Nesicha Polani, the Polish prince, had lost a wallet with a, with money in it. Whoever finds it, whoever returns it will get a hundred rubles. He's like, he's a good, he was an honest person. He's like, okay, it's not mine. He lost it. So he goes there and he brings it to the Nesich and he gives back his Aveda. Gives it back, and he takes it, and all of a sudden he sees a chance. He says, he starts screaming at him. He says, "A thousand ruble? I had five thousand ruble in here. You stole four thousand ruble from mine." He's like, "I found a wallet with a thousand ruble." He's like, "No, you stole four thousand. I'm taking you to court." And he takes this poor Jew to court. Takes the poor Jew. He said, "You stole four thousand ruble from me." Like, what am I supposed to do? So the guy runs to Elio Chaim. So he says, "Rebbe, what am I supposed to do?" He says, "You have an attorney yet?" He says, "A lawyer." Says in uh, what, the, what in uh, Chazal is called an antler. Says yeah. He says tell him to come talk to me before the court case. Good. Comes talk to him. Revelochai gives him instructions. Okay. Goes to the court and the day of judgment comes. Butolt vara and the bikesh arav line seventeen lahavila fun varochadin. They each bring and the prosecution starts and says he owes me four thousand ruble. And the judge says, do you have any way to defend yourself? You know, where's the 4,000 ruble? So the lawyer stands up and says, judge, could I have a moment? He says, yeah, sure. He turns, the, pro- the defendant, defense attorney, lawyer turns to the prince and says, Will you take an oath? That, that there was 2,000 ruble, 5,000 ruble, whatever it is in here? There was more than 1,000. Would you swear about it? He says, sure, I'll swear about it. Cain, and he gets up and he swears. He says, okay, he just swore. Judge, your honor, we know there is a general rule that somebody who finds an item has a cheskas kashras. Because after all, if he would find it, he didn't have to return it in the first place. He could just stay at home and, and keep the money. The fact that he returned it means he's an honest person. So if he's an honest person... Then he says there was a thousand. There was a thousand. This nasich just 
swore that he lost a wallet with 2,000. It must not have been his wallet. Because obviously that a sick wouldn't have sworn falsely. And he must be telling the truth here too. So, Your Honor, I beg that the prince owes my client a thousand ruble. Because it wasn't the wallet he was found. Because he stole and he swore and he obviously is telling the truth. And the judge hears the case and he realizes that what the Nasikh did is obviously lying. And so that the prosecution the Nisikh shouldn't have sworn falsely, he forces him to give him a thousand, and Revelio Maizel, again with the strategy that he gave to the lawyer, he gets through. If you remember a couple of years ago, he mentioned an unbelievable story. I heard this from Rav Melech Shechter, Rav Shechter's father. He told me the story of Rav Chaim Maizel, Revelio Chaim, he says one time there was a story about there was a money left in a, in a room. There, was a, there were two roommates, two man roommates, and there was one of them died, and he had money, all of his money he had under his mattress. He kept it under his mattress. And the children came and knew they kept it under his mattress. And it wasn't there. And the only person who could have taken the money was the roommate. The roommate says, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. So they go to Revelio Chaim. He's like, I don't understand. He was the only one that could have taken it. So Revelio Chaim says, okay, leave it to me. So he goes to Revelio Chaim. That, it was that day. They went to search the room. And he goes to the, to the roommate and he says, you know, did you know anything about the money? I have no idea what they're talking about. I don't know anything about the money. So he says, that's fine. That's fine. I believe you. But you know what? Just, just, because I want you to, uh, you know, th- there's there's lingering doubts. I want you to shake the hands of the niftar before he's buried. <coughs> Wasn't buried yet. He's like, okay. Hello, Chaim, and this should not be tried at home. He told one of his talmidim to act to go under and act like one of the act like the niftar. And when he shook hands, he says, hold tight and don't let go. And he says, it's a true story. Melach Shafter said, he says, he did that, and he was so spooked out, he admitted everything on the spot, and he took, gave the money back, and Shalom al Yisrael. In any case, these are some unbelievable stories about Revelo Chaim Meisel that sometimes the uh, Dayanim of the generations think a little out of the box, but here we have some of those, some of the uh, mitzvahs related to the Dayanim and stories here in Pinine HaTorah. Okay, moving right along. Perak Aleph Pasa Yud Zayin is going to be a hint to a halacha. We're about to see an example of one of the great achronim that sees the hint to a halacha that chazal don't even see in the psukim, but sometimes the achronim see the halacha in the psukim as well. It's classic meshachachma type of idea, but this one is from Rav Shlomo Kluger. Says the Rambam in Hilchah Sanhedrin, source number seven, and this is quoted in the Shulchan Aruch. Let's say there are two people that have an argument and they go to a court. Shnayim Shirzazmubadin one of them says, you know, let's go to the Bezdin in this city. The other one says, no, I wanted to go to the Bezdin in Yerushalayim. I want to go to the Supreme Court. But it's not a, you don't have to go to the Supreme Court. What do you have to go to the Supreme Court? Just let's go to the, the Bezdin near us. No, I want to go to the Supreme Court. Says the Rambam, you stay where you are. You go to the Bezdin in your city. That's it. You don't have to go, you have to move anywhere. Even if the person says, oh, maybe they won't know the answer. Maybe they'll make a mistake. No, the halacha is you go to this Bezdin. And if this Bezdin has a question, they'll send the message to the Bezdin elsewhere, even to the Bezdin Agado, who will then instruct them what to do. That's the halacha. Let's read it in the Rambam. Vim Hutzrach, last three lines. Vim Hutzrach, Davar Lishol, Mi Bezdin Agado, Shabiyushalayim. If they have to ask, Kosvin, Vishalchin, Vishoalin, Vidanin, Lohem Biram. They write the letter, they send them back a message, and then they judge the case of their city. Kefima Sheyavo, Biksav, Bezdin Agado. Based on the letter. That's the halacha. Nobody can force anybody else to go to the Bezdin Agado in Yushalayim. You use the Bezdin in your city, and then, you can, uh, e- even if they need, they will have to then send a letter to the Bezdin in order to give them the proper advice. Says of Shlomo Kluger, in the Imre Shefer, his commentary on Chumash. Shlomo Kluger was very prolific. He has many sparm out. Imre Shefer is his commentary on Chumash. He says, this is alluded to. This halach is alluded to in a pasuk in our, in our parsha. Chazal never said there's a source for it in our parsha. But he says, Terek Aleph, Pasuk do not show favoritism in judgment. A small and a big din listen to. 
Lo saguru mipnei ish ki amishpale lo kimhu. Do not fear any man, because the law belongs to Hashem. Vahadavar asher yikshem ikem, and what is difficult for you, takrivan elai, bring to me, ushmatev, and I'll hear it. Okay, that's the Pasik. Where do you see the halacha about being in your Bezdin and going to the Bezdin HaGadol and sending a letter? Where do you see that in the Pasik? Says Shlomo Kluger. Let's read it now. He quotes the halacha from the Rambam and Choshe Mishpat. And now he says, Vihine, line 14, after quoting the halacha that we just read, Vihine Yisro Amar Hadavar HaGadol Yeviyun Elecha Vahadavar HaKato Yishpatu Hain. If you remember what Yisro said in Parshas Yisro, he told Moshe Rabbeinu, uses the lashons of the big things and the small things. Hadavar hagadol, hadavar hakatan. The same kind of lashon that is used here. Kakaton, kagadol tishma'un. Nimsa de chasinan, de davar katan nikra, kol mashadayanan ba'atzmam yicholon lifsok. You know what davar katan, the small things mean? It means whatever people could decide. The people in that, in that city, in that place. What did Yisro say? That you have to bring to Moshe Rabbeinu. Or you have to bring to the replacement of Moshe Rabbeinu, the best in Hagadol. Says Rishlama Kluger. Let's read the Pasuk now. What is small and big here mean? About the content of the din. Katan means something that you can understand yourself, and the, the best din in that place. And Gadol means what they can't understand that they have to send to the greater best din. Klomar, Shetuchlu ba'atzvachem lifsok oso. Hainshiyadin Gadol, Shlotuchlu ba'atzvachem lifsok, Ratesurchulish ol. Even if you don't understand something, Mikamakom, Tishmu'un otam, listen to them. Velotakufu esabaldin leilech lefnei abezin agadol. Do not force the Baldin, the other one, to go to the greater Bezdin. Even if you don't want to, you have to stay here. Where do you see that in the Pasuk? Says of Shlomo Kluge. Let's read the Pasuk again now. He says, Kakadon, Kakadol, Tishmoun, something big, something small, Listen to, you listen to them. Who's the them? The people there. Don't fear anybody who's forcing you to go to somewhere else. Why? Why? The item that is difficult for for you, takrivon elai, they will bring you will bring close, and they will end up going to the bezdin agadol, and they'll send it back. So says the Yerushalmi Kluger. Embedded in this pasuk is even an allusion to a halacha in in Choshe Mishpat. Okay, let's try to get in one or two more points before we end with something related to uh, this time of year. Maybe we'll, we'll skip uh, source number nine right now. Let's go to. Two more thoughts on the Parsha. We'll start with the Nachlas Svi, source number 10. Nachlas Svi picks up on something that the Briskarov discusses in Yisro in source 11 that we've done before. We're not going to read, read that again. But the Nachlas Svi writes that there's a little difference between what Yisro said and what Moshe said. We've been talking about just now, Kakaton Kagadol. That's the language that Yisro said. Big and small. That's how he, he classifies Dinim. Moshe Rabbeinu says, Kasha and Katan. What's the difference between Kasha and Gadol? Yisro says, Gadol and Katan. Moshe Rabbeinu says, Kasha. Says the Nachlasvi, it's a difference between what a Dayan, how a Dayan views uh, situations, and how a non-Jewish judge would view a situation. Line 5. Yadua ha'hevdil bein umos ha'olam uvein am Yisrael. Regarding judges of secular courts, what do they think is chashuv? Give me a billion dollar case. Give me a million dollar case. Small cases is not for me. I'm not interested in that. It's not. It's beneath me. It's gadol and katan. But dayanim, the halacha is doesn't matter how big the case is. It could be a case of five dollars. A case is a case. There's difficult cases and more simple cases. There are complex cases and more easy cases. That's how we view cases. We don't view cases, oh, people are more chashuv, it's about more money. What's the halach? If a dying gets a case of a very small amount, that's what he has to do first. Even if there's a great businessman online outside. We view it as kasha 
and katan. Not as gadol and katan. That's the difference between a yisro and a moshe. Again, dates a plila mumosa olam whom a mishpat no geela lafim dinar mazayom mishpat gadol. That's big. Vimo asach paut azayom mishpat katan. That's small, and that's what Yisro said. Avo Moshe et slolo hayashayach davar gadol vekatan mipnei haschum asher alav nishpatim. Moshe didn't care what the content amount was. Rakim einyan savuch umisuvach bekushasu pirukim. Whether it was complex, that makes it a challenging case, and that's how he defines cases. It's not Gadol and Katan. It is Kasha. Because we look at the topic in Torah. We don't care about the people involved. Because as we said before, every person is precious. Every person is Chashuv. We look at the specific idea in the, in the inside, whether it's Kasha and not just whether it is Gadol. Okay, turning the page now, let's get to one more thought related to the Parsha, which is also in Yana Dioma, as we will see, and then end off with a thought related to Tisha if you look in the Pasik, again, towards the end of Perak Aleph, Moshe Rabbeinu is giving chizuk to Am Yisrael. And this is all chizuk that we could use at this time in our history based on what's going on around us. Moshe Rabbeinu says, Do not fear. Do not be scared of your enemy. Hashem, your God, who goes in front of you, He fights for you. Like all that you saw that He did in Mitzrayim. And in the desert that you saw, like Hashem lifted you up. Like a man lifts up his son. The whole way that He took you. The Jerusalem Lechetzehem. It's so Rav Moshe Dovelner, he said he was a Rav in Ashkelon. He picks up that there seems to be two points being made in these two psukim. Moshe Rabbeinu says, don't be scared. He's giving them chizuk. He says, Hashem will fight for you just like he did in Mitzrayim and just like he did in the Midbar. Says the Jushim L'chefseyim, there are two kinds of challenges, even enemies, when someone goes to battle. Two kinds of enemies. Yeshnei mini ikuvim. We're not really enemies. Difficulties. When somebody's fighting a battle, there are two challenges that they have to overcome to win the battle. Number one is the enemy. The enemy that's fighting against us. We have to overcome them. That's one challenge. But number two, there's a second challenge. That sometimes is the terrain the physical terrain in front of them, the weather, the natural environment where the battle is taking place. That's also difficult. If it's 100 degrees, if there's mountains, if there's brush, if there's valleys, if there's hidden areas in nature, if there's huge rocks and boulders, that's a second challenge that a victorious nation has to overcome. V'shein is kolchos ha-teva, kegon yamim, naharos, rivers, harimum, barrios, kar v'chom, hot, cold, ha-ma'akvim ilis kadim l'agil ha-matara, that prevents a, 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 a waging team, a waging a country, to gain, to get to its uh, goal. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying here. What does Moshe say? Hashem's going to fight for you. Hashem's going to help you. Hashem alokechem alech lechem, hu yilachem lechem. And Moshe says, just like he did in Mitzrayim, and just like he helped you in the Midbar. What does that mean? Mitzrayim, we had the enemy. Mitzrayim is aspect one. Just like he helped you in Mitzrayim, Hashem's going to fight you. Number one. Number two. What do you do in the Midbar? The snakes, the scorpions, the mountains, the cold, the hot, the no food, all the natural elements. Kodesh Baruch Hu will help you then too. And as we daven every single day for Achenu B'nai Yisrael, this is also what we, what we daven for. We have to daven for both. We have to daven that Kodesh Baruch Hu helps us defeat Rahman al-Islan, our enemies. And we have to help daven that Kodesh Baruch Hu helps also the natural, the heat, and the physical challenges that face us. We also have to dive in that HaKadosh Baruch Hu helps us, helps out Am Yisrael in that way and brings the Yeshua as Moshe Rabbeinu 
says, Hashem Elokeichem, Ha'olech Lifnechem, Hu Yilochem Lochem. He fights, and Bez Hashem Hashem, we have to daven, that that is what occurs very soon. And just to end off with an unbelievable thought related to Tisha from Rav Soloveitchik. Many of the unbelievable thoughts that we have related to Tisha are from the Rav, and the following is printed in a number of uh, Sfarim. I gave it to you from Rabbi J.J. Shachter Sefer, The Lord is Righteous in All His Ways, Torah from the Rav on Kinos. There is one Kina that we say, Vesnavi Chatasi. We say it on Tishabav. It's the one that's relating, that discusses the story in the Gemara in Mesechas Gittin, Dafn Ches, you have it in Source 13. The story of the son and the daughter of Rabbi Shmuel, the Kohen Gadol. And let's read the story. Amar of Yudamarav. The son and the daughter of Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha. As we know, the, the, he was Pamachas the He was unbelievable. Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha. Unbelievable levels. That his son and his daughter were both captured by two different masters. They both met each other. The two masters. One says, I have such a handsome Eved. Unbelievable. He's gorgeous. He's so handsome. And the other one says, I got a girl. Wow. I have a maidservant. So they say, a great idea. Imagine what the children are going to look like. So, let's put them together. They put him in a room. They each sat in their own corner the entire night, and they each cried, and they each said, "You know who I? I'm, I'm, I'm a son of a Kohen Gadol. I'm a son of Rabbi, Shmuel, of Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha. I'm going to be with an Eved. I'm going to be with a Shifcha." And the whole night they were crying and crying. How could this befall us? When dawn came and they recognized who each other was. They came and they hugged each other and they cried and they groaned till their souls were removed. The Gemara and Gittin, again, a whole kina about this. If you look in the kinos, this kina is right after Asara Haruge Malchus. The ten martyrs that we talk about on Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur. All of the ten unbelievable tzaddikim, gedolim, that we talk about, that we mourn for. Chutzpah, Saturkamon, Rabbi Akiva, all of the ten martyrs that are mentioned. And it's right before we have a, uh, a kina about the Crusades. During the time of the Rishonim. Answer of Salvation, what is this stuck in there in the middle for? We're talking about major national calamities. We're talking about the... Crusades. We're talking about the, the Asar Ruge Malchus, the Gedole Adar. And we have a kina here about a boy and a girl who we don't even know their names. Individual people. What is this doing here? How many kinos are there about individuals? Says Rev Salvechik. This is the message of kinos. This is the message of Am Yisrael. This is the message of the Jewish people. We don't just mourn, first focus on Tisha B'Av, then we can expand it. We don't just mourn great disasters, natural disasters. We mourn every single individual, every little tsara, every little person. We don't just look at the sum. Look at where it's where O's base. We have just mourned in grief for the destruction of a state, a land, a base, a migdash that changed Jewish history and Jewish destiny. We have just mourned in grief for the massacre and martyrdom of the ten greatest leaders and scholars in Yadus, the Chachmiyat Talmud, who were responsible for Torah Shavalpeh. We have just mourned in grief for the tens of thousands of entire communities of the largest and greatest communities of the Middle Ages. Tremendous national catastrophes. And I'll suddenly reminded of a story about two individuals a young boy and girl who suffered because of the fact that Jerusalem was conquered. After all, the death of two individuals doesn't change Jewish history. The answer is clear. We Jews have a different understanding. In Yadus, source 15, the suffering of an individual, even an unknown individual matters. We mourn for two individuals, a young boy and young girl, in the same manner as we mourn for the ten martyrs or for those who were killed during the Crusades. There could be 30,000 Jews at a Leviah and they don't even know the name of the person who they went to share in the pain with the family. That's Am Yisrael. 
There's Navicha to see. We have a kina about an unknown boy and girl. Because that's the Jewish people. One family. It could be a brother. It could be a sister. It's not just the base of Migdash. It's not just the Doliador. We have a kina for them as if not two people were involved, but a hundred thousand. It's very important for us to remember the individual even during a time of national distress. This is typical of Yahadus and our approach to tragedy. And that's what Am Yisrael is about. We're not just about the major events. We're about individual people and individual events and the pain and the simcha of individual people. And that's why Rahman al-Islan, every single tsar and sara that happens, we take personally and we look at personally. And it should hurt us, even if we never heard of the person who is going through it. And that's what we have to mourn at Tishabav. And Lahafik, what we hope for, Vanafochu, we hope for the Simcha that we daven for, right? Tishabav is a Moed. We don't say Tachlun on Tishabav. It's a moed. We know inherently there is that potential for Kaddish Baruch Hu to still change it. A couple more days we have this year, so that we can have the simcha of every individual and the simcha and the refuah and the Yeshua of every individual. Be'ezah Hashem, we daven for that day. B'mhei Ravi Amen.